Favorite color? Probably blue. Blue. Definitive. What's your favorite color? Turquoise and blue violet and. Uh, you pick one. Violet? That's a good choice. That's really nice. 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 Bye. Yeah. Wow. All right, you good? Yeah, I think so. All right, let's give this a go. Straight to you from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Welcome to Permit to Think. I am your host, Mike Dawes. As a fir- fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Straight to you from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Welcome to Permit to Think. I am your host, Mike Dawes. As a fisherman and a professional host, I've spent the last 25 years traveling the far reaches of the world. In the beginning, the gold was untouched adventures and wild fish. But I've come to realize that the people I have met along the way, far and near, and their stories have played a pivotal role in seeking what I'm truly after, a quiet mind and time to think. This ride is too short, so I'm going to start exploring the narratives of the people that have brought me here. I have been told that audio has no rules, so it seems like a good platform for someone who grew up breaking them all. Let's go. Our guest today is Brian Matthews. Brian was the first guest on Permit to Think, and now he is the first repeat guest on the show. To listen to Brian's full introduction, please go back to episode one. And additionally, get some more color on our journey together. Brian is one of the three partners at the Harmonic Growth Fund, a venture capital firm with an investment strategy that identifies entrepreneurs and gives them growth capital to pursue their visions. He specifically focuses on founders in several markets, namely enterprise SaaS, fintech, consumer internet, and healthcare IT. He currently sits on numerous boards, but still times the, still finds the time to hang with the family, fish, ski, and bike whenever possible. Brian lives right here in Jackson Hole with his wonderful family. Without further ado, for the first time, the second time, please welcome Brian Matthews back to the show. What's up, man? That's good to be back. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know if it's like redemption because the first one was so bad or there wasn't enough, you know, listeners or audience. Um, but I remember it was just an idea when you, you know, you kind of didn't know where you were going. 
And look where yeah. we are now. This is episode 20, 23. 23. Congrats. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It uh it's really been it's really fulfilling. In fact, I I don't know if you listened. Did you listen to our first episode? Yeah, but it was a while ago. But not not like before this. No, I I meant to, but it, it got away from me. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot seems to be getting away from me these days, but the interesting thing was uh, it made me feel really good, man. It's it's good. And maybe, obviously, it's a lot about our story, but I'm close to it. But um, I think there's some good stuff in there. But what's interesting is that before that, it, like the podcast was bumming me out because the pace of it, like it's one of those things where you wake up, you know, every couple of days and you're like, man, why I really need to do one. Um, and I think that's a good sign, right? I mean, that's it's not bumming me out because I have anyone making me do it. It's bumming me out because you like it. Yeah. It feels yeah. good to sit down. I mean, you and I have talked on the phone plenty, seen each other, but haven't sat down like this. No, this is great. And that makes me think that, you know, this is always a balance between work and fun, right? But yeah, that tells me you're having fun and you, yeah. can, you can tell by the content. It's been great. Yeah. And I look at, you know, and then that was episode one. And then you scroll through the website and look at the other ones and I'm like, wow. So yeah. I am making progress, just not at the pace that I outlined, right? Is um, this how you thought it would go? Well, I kind of made the goal of doing 24 a year, and I'm behind that pace. But but in terms of like how I thought it would go, no, I didn't know it would be this fulfilling, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very cool. Congrats. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for coming back. How uh, How was the weekend? Do you, you skied? I skied. It was great. We haven't had a lot of sunny days here. Um, we've had great, <laughs> we've had great snow, but it's been, it's been, dark. I don't know. I have definite deficiency in vitamin D. So it was nice because we had warm weather, bluebird, not a cloud in the sky. The sun was strong and just being outdoors. I did a little backcountry Saturday and spent all day Sunday with the kid at the village. Nice. Um, we were raised in Casper chairs and the little guy was you know, I was like, all right, follow me. We got to go this way. We're going to beat it. Yeah. And I'm going fast. And he was right next to me. That's and awesome. he's laughing. And then like, I hear him laughing. So I'm laughing. And he hears me. <laughs> so like, he's laughing hard. It was just really, really fun. That's it felt awesome. Great. Yeah. What a, uh, it was nice to see the sun. And here we are back into the thick of it again. The right snow, the snow doesn't bother me, but I tell you the, I stopped counting, but we're, we're well over 45 days below zero mornings yeah. we've earned it yeah that's a that's a real winner i mean snow inches doesn't seem to bother me but negative temps getting a little old i got out on uh yeah yesterday afternoon on the water that was that oh, was like nice the, yeah that was the first time this year which is probably the latest it's ever been that's awesome though yeah how was it well, I mean, you saw the weather, right? It was like my hands didn't even get cold. That's so good. Uh, and the fishing was good. Really good, actually. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, It was nice, but it's amazing to float that river right now and look at the banks. I mean, they're, you know, it's like four, four or five feet of snow. Any trouble getting in or out? No, you know, they plowed the boat ramp in Wilson. Oh, so you want, okay. Yeah. Um, so we, yeah, we just fished that down and yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, I mean, we had to actually, the, 
the the sunshine helped big assist right because it we only had a post hole a little bit getting it out of there yeah but you got a little post hole yeah <laughs> um and the sickness i think you and i've talked about that oh um, it's been unreal <laughs> it's been bad <laughs> It's been bad. You were just in it, right? Oh, I'm still in it. You can probably hear it a little bit, but it's got to be a cocktail of things, right? It can't just be the removal of the mask or... Yeah, I don't understand. Or like lack of exposure. Or maybe we're vo- like more vulnerable or less... I don't know what it is, but it is so real. And I feel like it's starting in the schools and then just percolates around. It's like scum in an eddy just like yeah. going around town. <laughs> It's disgusting. I feel like it's, yeah, it's getting a little old, but um, it, yeah, whatever this last thing is, is a little, like I was telling you earlier, it doesn't take you out, but it's just, you're in it for a while. It's kind of, uh, I don't know, it's getting a little bit old, but but um, good things, you know, it's nice to see the sun, some warmer days, even now, snowing, right? It doesn't feel... No, it's warm. Yeah, it it's feels warm. like it's warming up just a little. And that sun is strong when it's out. It's you can tell. Yeah, um, we might be months away though from a real spring, but I'm optimistic. We need it. Just anything over freezing is is a bonus. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, as I look outside right now, one thing comes to mind. What What are your thoughts on daylight savings? Because I know since I've had this conversation a bunch. Since we just did it. I'm a fan. You I, are? I like it. Wow. Because I don't mind getting up when it's dark. It actually makes me feel like I'm more ahead of the game if I'm awake and it starts to get light out. Um, just mentally, I feel like I'm, even if it's getting up at the exact same time, if it's mm-hmm. dawn, it makes me feel more fresh. And then I like, I like how light it is late. I can do more in the afternoons and evenings. Um, you know, the way the clocks were before, if you have a busy day, it's really hard to do something outside unless you're a headlamp guy and just very hardcore. Yeah. And that, that weighs on me. I that's need to get true. out. Yeah, but the other thing that I, this is probably the first year I've noticed it though. The um, I kind of like the natural progression, the way it was working. It is a hiccup. Right? Yeah. Because it's like, I started to notice you, you're doing the same things at the same times during the week and you're picking up on the same observations. So it's like, oh, wow, I'm taking Rumsey to hockey practice. Rumsey, it's light outside, right? And you're like, you start to get, I just started to get pumped, like you start to hear some birds at different times, a little bit. Now we haven't heard many, but I don't know. It's interesting that that whole thing started, I looked it up because it, you always hear people talk about. I've heard like ten. Yeah, what have you? What have you? What have you heard? Like World War II, energy consumption, mm-hmm. farmers, school children. Yeah, those are the top four that come to mind. But I think it was energy, wasn't it? It was. Well, in fact, it was. Um, which is an interesting concept. It was actually Benjamin Franklin. He wrote an essay in like 1874 that said. Um, it was a suggestion, not in terms of moving the clock. It was in terms of getting scheduling around rising with the sun, which is interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. So that wasn't for energy. It was just. That was, it was an economic um, argument. I haven't, I couldn't find it actually what he wrote, but that was the first time it surfaced. And then the second time was actually, 
pretty good. It was a guy in New Zealand who was an entomologist. So he wanted to he wanted more daylight to find bugs in the springtime, which is he's New Zealand dude. And then it was World War War One and two was when we first did it with for the purposes okay. Ener- energy. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, that makes sense. But yeah, I had heard the farmer thing quite a bit, but I didn't I never uh I never found anything. I know that. they don't like it. They don't? They don't. Huh. I wonder why. I don't know. I don't know. But there was a bill, you know, I used to be in DC and there was a there was a pretty big bill going through to abolish like make daylight savings permanent. Yeah, well, that was one of my questions is because it, the, there's another bill that just went through. Is that what it's doing? Yeah, but it has to work its way through. I don't right. know what, I don't know how that stuff, but yeah, no, it it'll, just. It'll take a decade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what what time would you choose is the thing. You know what my I mean? My personal time preference is this. Gotcha. Because I like how, I like going to bed at like dusk and getting up a little pre-dawn. And I like being able to be done with work like at 536 and go out and do something and still get some vitamin D, still be back to put the kid down. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I guess maybe it's also, I like the sunrise and kind of, I feel like I'm missing that now going, you know, in the dark in the mornings, but. But you're awake for it, right? Yeah. But I mean, then I'm kind of out and about. Oh, it's too, you're too into the day. Yeah, You can't just sit there and go all namaste. <laughs> oh man um well after listening to our first episode i did have a question for you because Uh uh-oh uh it was like i said i thought it was good and but you hadn't at that time which is a little more than a year ago you hadn't read Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Oh, it's so good. You read it. I read it. Of course nice. I read it. Your recs are always good. I'm always going to follow up. You, I didn't read... It's two parts, right? Yeah. I only read the first part. I started to read the second part, and then I got distracted, but I feel like the meat of it's in the first part. Yeah, but and one of the questions you asked me in the first episode was, you read. You only read half the book? And I was like, yeah. And then you're like, and then you read the whole book. So you might be following that path. Okay. But yeah, I totally agree with you. The when I the first time I read it, the second time I read it, you push through part of that second half, and then it it's so good. And I like having it sit around like on the coffee table because it's kind of a deep book. And the title, you know, yeah. someone just casually has no idea what that book is. Says like, "Sees man's search for meaning." Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, Brian, like, yeah. he must be <laughs> he must be really searching." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. Um. Well, and that was kind of cool, and it probably will be a be repetitive going forward, you know, to listen to the first episode and then kind of look at the changes that have happened since well, that. I was going to ask you, you know, what have you learned and how has your preparation? I mean, I, I have my own ideas of like what I've heard through episodes and what's mm-hmm. changed, but in your eyes, like what has changed as you've learned more and done more of these? And what are you striving for kind of each episode versus that very first episode? We're like, we'll see where it goes. Great question. I, I, I had a hunch in the beginning that, you know, authenticity was going to be everything. So 
you know, so much so that, right, doing it on the phone, I felt like lost a touch of that. I remember that. I remember um, you were kind of adamant about everything's in studio. Yeah, and it's it's way harder to schedule, like way harder than I thought. So that's one thing I learned. But another thing that I've learned is like everything, right? Time. Um, you know, I've only only done 23 of these and another 10 fantasy football podcasts, but just getting more comfortable and not not making it go any one direction has been a, you know, cuz the preparation is is not great. You know, it's it's easier the second time with someone, that's for sure. Um, but it takes takes a pretty decent amount of time to do it the way I want to do it so that it could flow organically. But um what the the biggest thing probably would be that how fulfilling it is, like we talked about. It feels good, doesn't it? It's just it's just so cool to have a catalog like that. It's Even if it's cool. just for my friends and family, right? Like yep. That's, um, and then lastly, what always feels good, right, is positive feedback. And that's kind of what's kept me, you know, in this, there's definitely been a lull, um, you know, for a lot of different reasons, pumping these things out. And I still, my list is growing of people to talk to, which is good. But what what definitely keeps it going are the random, like, uh, you know, hey, I listened to so-and-so on your podcast. It was actually really cool. And you're like, huh, like you might not have thought about it for a couple of days or, but that's, you know. That's it's what, out there. People like it. That's fulfilling. I like it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And you're good at it. And all these people have just great, I mean, it's so conversational. I think it's really gotten authentic, like the authenticity part you've nailed. Well, that's, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I'm after. And it's, you know. It's just fulfilling because you you can't really do this that often anymore. I feel like with the pace of life, kids, work, um, to sit down and have a conversation for an hour and a half with someone one-on-one, it, it forces it, you know? Totally. And they have a catalog and whether it's, you know, this like specific podcast or stuff with your family and friends, it's a great medium to kind of go back and listen to memories and relive. Absolutely. And it's all for the kids. I mean, at the end of the day, and I, and that was a funny idea, right? To have the kids on. That one, I, that one was great. I can't tell you how many people were like, you know, put them on again. And so just going to stick with that though, once a year and they'll have a catalog of, uh, wasn't that one of the more popular ones early on? It was, well, at least definitely locally. Right. I mean, people were like, yeah, they were like, you need to do that more often. And I'm like, well, yeah, I am doing it once a year so that they have, you know, they can go back and see what they sounded like each year. Which am, I think I, is cool. am I remembering it right? That someone that was also like one of the most requested things. Like, will you do something with your family or am I making that up? You might be making that up. Okay. But maybe, I mean, might've been some comments about that, but, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I definitely want to, I want, because last year at, after spring break, it was awesome in Costa Rica, but I took them snorkeling and they and they still talk about it, but it was, it was the worst snorkeling I have ever. Did they love it? Or they, they loved like, it. That's a great, that's so good. But, and so this water will be a little different. Um, and they will, um, 
Yeah. So it would be good to That's capture awesome. right after that. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, That's going to be good. Everything. You know, I, I think what I've also realized, I guess, is just when it flows, it's going to flow. And if life, life gets in the way and it has to stop it for a little bit, you know, so be it. Yep. And I'm not on a structure. I'm not on, you know, don't have to put them out. So, but I do think it's interesting with the daylight savings concept, right? They're going to, they're going to flow more in the summer just because I think it's easier for life's easier in the summer. So you coming around to DST <laughs> to where to daylight savings. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. I don't know if I had to pick one, I think right now I might pick, um, well, it's standard time, right? Yeah. But, um, well, going on to the, some of these changes, um, one of the bigger ones lately is you driving an electric truck. Oh, boy. <laughs> has there been any issues or? Zero. The thing has been very reliable. I mean, I love it. Yeah. I really do. I drove to Salt Lake um, last, was that last, maybe two weeks ago? Um, the 8th or 9th. And you know, 275 miles, right? Yeah. And there's two ways you can go. You can go over the pass and yeah. like through Idaho and down 15, which is a bigger highway for the majority of the time. So you feel a little safer about chargers. And I had some anxiety. I'm like, I don't know, like how long is this going to take? But I decided to go the back way down through Star Valley in Western Wyoming, mm-hmm. where there's one charger in Evanston, like where you hit I-80. Yeah. Um, there was one fast charger. But where was the charger? It was outside Smith's. Oh, wow. It was a Smith's grocery store there, but it's right next to the highway. So it's a highway one that Smith's just wants the business. So they put it up. Um, But it told me, you know, I would get to that charger with like 30 miles left or something. And like I got there with 35, (laughs) took 40 minutes to charge and then went on my way. It was really, really easy. So the range anxiety is coming down. What did you do during the charge? I hung out in the car for like 20 minutes, did a couple emails, went into Smith's, got a coffee. Um, I think that's about it. It wasn't that long. It was kind of nice because you, you're not just fill up like, you know, buy some peanuts and go. You, yeah. You, it forces you to have a minute to just go explore the area or walk around, which is probably why Smith's did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, in a, in a way it makes you slow down a little bit. Has there been any issues with the winter, like with the negative temps, or is your garage heated? None. The garage is heated, but I've left it at the airport, you know, on five-day trips or something, and mm-hmm. I was worried oh, I was going to drain my battery in the cold temps, and it's been fine. Like, the most I've ever lost is like 15 miles, and there's chargers there. Huh. I'm saying all this, and like something's going to happen on the drive home. <laughs> so far, so good. And no maintenance, right? Washer fluid. That's it. Wow. And... This is this is probably a problem, but there was um, there was a recall check. They have to like check, you know, a certain lot of trucks, and my mm-hmm. truck's one of them. I think every you know that year truck is one of them. And I was going to be in Salt Lake for this conference, so I called the service center and said, "I'm going to be there. It's supposed to take ten minutes. You know, could I schedule an appointment?" And they're like, "Oh no, 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 no. We come to you." Really? So they're coming tomorrow morning at nine a.m. And I was like, "Well, you understand. I'm going to be there." And they're like, "No, you don't understand." <laughs> Um, which is great service, but that's a high cash burn when a customer is saying, I'm going to be there. Yeah. But they're still sending the truck. Wow. That'll be interesting. It's interesting. We'll see. No, I mean, it's, um, I, I've, you know, internet, you know, time on, 
on electric stuff for sure. It is. It is the future. There's just no doubt. I mean, it's the internal combustion's done. Yeah, it'll take a long time, but it is the future. Yeah, and it'll, it'll probably just keep getting better and better, right? Yep, longer and longer. And driving, like when you drive it, you you really feel like you're in another dimension than everyone else. You're like, wow, this is because like, of how quiet it is. How quiet? Like, there's no gears. Like when you hit the gas, it's not like, eh, eh, yeah, it's just like a photon. It's like. <laughs> Um, you can hop right. It's cool. A lot of consistent noises. And the charging's easy. Like power bills aren't high at all. Like charging a full charge is probably 20 bucks, um, for 315 miles. It's not bad. So 20 bucks to fill her up. Full fill her up. And then the rebate that's. Oh yeah. There's a tax rebate. Yeah. Like it's 7,500. I mean, that's always a crapshoot, but Yeah. I have the paperwork. I'm going for it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Um, well, that's. Uh, I just ordered. It's good the, to uh, hear. I mean, I just ordered the tent for the a truck. rooftop tent. I'm getting a lot of heat about it, but I'm going to be an <laughs> RTT or officially. <laughs> Why are you getting heat? Because people are like, "That's so dumb." Just put your tent in the back of it and like pull it out. And you can sleep anywhere. But it's actually a good. You have argument. kids. You know what it's like. It's fun. Yeah. Um, huge rabbit hole on what to get because everyone's got their opinion. So spent a lot of time in the Reddit forums and had to just actually like make a, make a chart because I needed an end to the process Yeah, and there was no end. <laughs> um, and came up with a little scoring system amongst my top five and just committed to my wife and son. Like whatever comes out on top on this grid is what we're getting. No matter what, how no it looks what. or. Cause I just yeah. needed, I was, I was killing myself. And what, what popped out on top? Uh, the eye camper. I can't. And so you have to buy bars. No, I already have the bars, but they're not on the truck. They're on. They detach. So like I put them in that gear tunnel. Oh wow! But I'm just. I have an extra set of them, so I'm going to mount the tent to the bars and just hang in the garage with bars and garage. There you go. That's the design. We'll see. That's brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Another big change has been. Uh, your house—that's got to feel good. Oh yeah, because you could hear it. House. Yeah, I mean, you could hear it a little bit in your voice in episode one when you're like, "Well, I mean, we need to find a house." You know, what I mean? like, get a little antsy. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, but that's got to feel good. It feels really good. You—I I don't think I appreciated how much of a home base and anchor a house is. Yeah. Even though we were in good spots, um, so like it wasn't like we were. We are more than comfortable. It just doesn't feel like yours. And yeah. the routines that stem out of like your own place day after day, where people go, what they do, when you play games. Like right now we're watching Wheel of Fortune with our six-year-old. And I don't know, it just you kind of like give a place life and it gives you life back. Yeah. And yeah. when you're moving every three months, like you can't do that. No, because half the time you're thinking about fucking moving. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You don't even move in, right? You just... <laughs> Go out to the garage and start hunting through boxes if you need something. Do you have a drain in your, um, like, how, how does the snow get off the vehicles in the garage? Oh, there's drains on. And they work well? Yeah, so far. Yeah, because as you just saw in the swamp out here, does not work well in here. I need Is that to, right? I need to find a solution. Oh, it's horrible. In the garage? Yeah. I mean, I just had to squeegee it again because, like, the car mat can't even contain what. But comes you have off. them there, right? 
There's no drain. Oh, there's no drain. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. This house was built in 77. So. Well, I think you're lucky because I don't think that's a hard solution. Uh, I don't know about that. You'd have to rip up the... Are they? Are your floors sloped? They're sloped incorrectly. Oh, uh, well, then that's a bigger issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I don't. Yeah, I don't think they were worried about it back then, but uh, I will find a solution. You know, I thought the car mat would do it, right? But... No. I it's walk out here. I walk out in here in my socks and just start sloshing some mornings. It's it's a lot of water. It gets on you. But we we when like when we moved in, I was asking the guy who built our house about how the drains work. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a total side story, but it, it's kind of funny. And as he's telling me, he's like, "I'm on the phone and Tucker is washing my car in the garage <laughs> with the hose." <laughs> And he was like, these are basically just holes that go down to dirt and spread water out kind of, you know, slowly. So it's great for melting snow off car, but I would never like wash my car in there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> I didn't realize that, that they're just, they just go, they just drain holes that go to the dirt. Basically. I mean, there's huh. some, I think it diffuses, you know, yeah. there's a little bit, there's a little bit behind it, but it's. it's but you a, don't see it backing up in the winter. No, not yet. Huh. Only when my son was washing the car with the hose. Yeah, I thought I was assuming there was a pipe in there, so maybe maybe it wouldn't be that hard to but have to fix the the slope. Yeah. Huh. And drain uphill doesn't help anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um and then another <clears throat> change. Oh geez. Yeah. I mean a lot lots of stuff, right? Is um we finally got back to the Seychelles. Oh yeah. That was pre wow. I mean, our episode was before that. Yeah, so that was our trip to the Seychelles. We were landing a year ago today. Yeah. Um, roughly. I might be off by a day. When was the Rob episode? Was that before it too? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's gone fast. Yeah, right? That was a good trip. Yeah, it was a great trip. Um, obviously, the weather helped. Yep. Um, but I wanted to ask you... How I mean, those are two really different atolls. I mean, Farquhar, right? I mean, it's more of your traditional atoll, I would say. Like, yeah. how, how how did you find the? I mean, and then if you took out right the, or keep it in, whatever land base versus mothership. Like, how did you how did you find? How would you compare the two? They're, like you said, they're very different. Um, Farqua was really fun because just being land-based, it's kind of like having the house we were just talking about. You're a little more anchored, and I feel like there's less variables day-to-day in a very variable environment, which helps. Yeah. And so you can really focus on what you're doing as an angler um, and target certain species, and it just felt more controllable. It's also a smaller little atoll, so it's like a little microcosm. Yeah. Um at the same time, Providence is so cool and kind of wild. I mean, it's it's raw. And I feel like I did them backwards because I'd never been over there and went to Providence. Yeah. And then Fargo, the other way around would have been helpful because Providence is just, uh, it's untamed and raw. Yeah. And their variables are changing all the time. Yeah. And we got to see them on that trip too. We got so, to see them. Yeah. That's true. Weather is a big part. Yeah. Weather was a big part. The I, I found... Um, it's it's interesting too to hear you say that because that's what that's how I explain it, right? Is I mean Providence is raw. Yeah. 
And but I, but I that's know. kind of exciting. Yeah, and I don't know if that's the turtle grass or. Um, but what I did think about Farqua, like that, the that's one of the most beautiful atolls I've ever seen. I mean, actual and, and obviously just certain parts, but it's still pretty circular. Um, and then some of those cuts, and and we got to see it in its glory. But that was, um, yeah, the beauty. The beauty struck me for sure. It was awesome and good, good group, great weather, good fishing. And if I had to go back, I think going to both of those just makes you want to go to more of them. Yeah. Like I wouldn't go back to one of them yet. I want to keep. Yeah. You want to keep going. Yeah. Cause those were so different. It's like, wow, is there more different out there? Yeah. That I don't know about. And having just gotten back from, to, you know, from Cosmolito, that's wildly different. I mean, there's like rock walls. I mean, fathom that one right i mean that's kind of weird like man-made no what yeah <laughs> like you can wade up against a, a coral rock wall like high wall not just like a couple feet out of the water what yeah it's there's that's yeah. cool and yeah, massive so. channels right and there it was the infrastructure that was the most impressive i don't know i'm i'm with you it's making the tour around all of them i think is the way to go yeah, because when you only go to one, you're like, oh, I've been in the Seychelles. And now I've been to two, and it's like, wow, I've barely scratched the surface. Yeah. And then the trip, the other trip, yeah. I'm not gonna t- we're not going to talk about that one until I get dates for next year. I don't want that thing to fill up. But again, wildly different. Wildly different to go to places that don't have infrastructure on them um, and don't get visited regularly. But, I kind of like that right now. I feel like now's the time to do it while I still can. Yeah. And who knows, in five years, I might have like a hip replacement or something random that just <laughs> makes me land-based only. So, I just talked to someone the other day that had a hip replacement. Apparently, Will, they're not Will bad. Hobbs. Oh, really? Yeah. I was, I was like, what? Is he skipping around? Yeah. He said he was like, I think he was in and out in a day. Yeah, that's it's one of the better ones to get. My mom had it. My grandfather had it. My aunt had it. I already feel it. I'm going to get it, but I'm... You 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 know that or you're speculating? I can just yeah the yeah. But it's the same bones, it's passed down, same complaints. It just surprises me that something that large is that easy. Yeah, yeah, it's easier than a knee. Yeah, um, it, I'm it, not looking at it. I was just making a joke, but like the point of you're I'm able and healthy now. You, you people take that for granted way too often. Absolutely. And so <clears throat> go to the non-land-based a little more. Less, a little more adventurous. Yeah, while you can. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the other, and I also, when I put that down as a note maybe to talk about, I looked at the photos and there's some great things that I had already forgotten about, which one was the the delivery of the flies at the last at the last moment. You remember that? When Rob oh, and Dre's boy or like Dre sent him. Yeah. Dre sent him and Rob was tracking him down for. Yeah. That was unbelievable. <laughs> that was unbelievable. Yeah. And it came down to the wire. It came down to the wire. And that was just the other day. Cause I think that same photo popped up. It was like a year ago today. And it was you at the FBO. Holding the box. Holding the box. Yeah. Yeah, and to to explain it, right, that was a six-month ordeal of flies coming from South Africa that were originally supposed to come here. They never made it here. 
they were caught then they ended up going to the Seychelles got caught up in the warehouse didn't weren't released and then it came down to the wire and it was literally the wire funny funny side note of that was on this last trip when I was just there this guy um, who I just met Charlie great guy and he was like my bags didn't come and I'm like ooh Aren't you, aren't you doing back-to-back weeks? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I just bought like everything for this trip. And I was like, I'll tell you what, man, last year <laughs> we had a situation and it all worked out. That flight's supposed to land at 6 a.m., right? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, they'll be there. I've seen these guys in action. And then nothing showed up. <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to keep it positive. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, oh, nothing. That's brutal. Uh, it was, Yeah. But he handled it like an absolute champ. Um, another thing that popped up was totally forgot about the coconut crab. Oh, that was so cool. Wasn't that amazing? That was amazing. And then did a little research on that. Like that, that is a hermit crab, which is mind boggling. Really? And actually got like part of its name is when they're moving shells when they're younger. It's a terrestrial hermit crab. But when they're moving shells, they eventually can't find a shell that's big enough. So they grab a coconut. No way. And use it as part of this. But th- that was that was an amazing little little island tour. Yeah, you would never expect. We got really lucky on that. They were like land lobsters. I mean, they're just huge. Yeah, the largest, the largest crab. I mean, well, it's over. I mean, they can reach. Uh, a little over a meter so like a, huh. a meter so yeah for over over three feet long they can crush like crush coconuts crabs are bigger than your gt they, <laughs> 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 they can't uh, they can't um at once they once they get to a certain age they can't be underwater for more than an hour which is interesting so surrounded by by hour, but yeah, I mean, I I thought it was, I thought it was very, um, cool trip. If and I can I can take out the, the weather part of it. The weather was spectacular, right? It was, and you wonder, like you, you try and isolate it, like you just said, yeah. But you wonder had it been cyclone, wind, rain, if we would be saying the same thing. True. Yeah, but it was it was a great trip. I highly recommend that place. It's yeah, a, it's beautiful. The runs aren't super long. You've got every, I mean, the species. Yeah, exactly. that was incredible. Yeah. And um, did you, did you catch a permit on that trip? No. And have you caught an endo? Permit? I've never caught an endo permit. I've only had one shot. Um, but you've, you've racked up the species over there pretty damn quick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, I mean, there's not much, I mean, besides the out of outer, the permit's the next one I want to get, yeah. but I've never really focused on it. I got lucky with the Milky on trip one. I got lucky with the Bumpy on this one, and I'm never doing that again. <laughs> I'm so glad. Why? Did you did you lose a bunch of them first? I lost a bunch of them, and they're just they're such eye candy when you're out there. And you got to remember, like, you know, it's like marbles in a jar is the number of hours you have to fish there. And like every hour, a marble's coming out. Yeah. And you get distracted by these things because they're so big and they're moving around slow. They're yeah. sticking their butts in the air. And 
Jerry Garcia poster waving out in the ocean. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, I'll just go mess with them for a little bit. And like three hours later, you know. <laughs> time to go. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you've just been frustrated. Um, but then the more time you spend wasting on them, the more time, like the more you actually want to do it. Yeah. Because you're like, I absolutely. just got to finish this. So that that's nice. Like I never have to mess with them again. Yeah. I went over, I was over 13. Oh, wow. And then left one trip. Like hooked and gone. Yeah. And, and not just like, like took it for, you know, that little run and then like, Oh, I had, I almost lost a big, you know, um, like real fights that just whatever, everything kept happening. Um, but same thing, but I do remember being sucked back into them constantly. I know it's going to happen. too. (laughs) I think I'm all right. I think I've made a couple shots at them since, but we're we're talking about bumphead parrotfish. Yeah. Which, if you haven't, you know, look it up on uh, online. It's um, it's a wild fish, and the fact that you can catch it on a fly is crazy. But what were you gonna say? Sorry. There's you watch people like I noticed you and Brune and people who have caught them before. When you're wade fishing the flats, like you guys are very, very diligent about how much time you spent with them. Yeah. It's like a couple shots, you know, and then you go back over here. Yeah, well, and then also you've you you've read their body language. Yeah. Right. I mean You're not just gonna keep chasing the same pot around. Yeah. That's gonna get a little little more freaked out. But Yeah, it would be helpful to know that. <laughs> Some things you gotta learn. That thing that thing shot all over me too. And it was early in the morning. So like I stank. Yeah, and they're they're not easy to hold. Oh no, did you see my I like I did this <laughs> innovative left hand bear grab. <laughs> And that's when I got defecated on. <laughs> it was so bad. I tried to like took off my stuff and like rinsed it and put, it was just. Oh, Did the shit stink? Oh, it stank. <laughs> and I washed the hoodie. You know, they did like a service the last night. Yeah, it's Didn't still help. there. It, I had to throw it out. Oh my God. It was disgusting. On the, um, on the permit front though, uh, you know, leads us to the next thing that will be changing is Australia is going to come up quick. Yeah. It's what, like six weeks? Yeah. No, or, maybe eight. Yeah. A couple of months. Um, I can't wait. Yeah. The cool thing there is you, you got a shot to knock off two of the species, which would then obviously leave you with one left. For four permit species total. I'm fa- I'm afraid to face this one because I feel like um, sometimes the thing you're seeking is the thing that like gets away from me the most. So I've just tried to be really casual about it, but now it's the next one left, and it's like this. Yeah, but you've also you've also covered the other ones really quick. That I mean, two trips, and you've pretty much you know I mean, the hardest ones probably to to knock off would be. The bump head and the milkfish. Yeah, I'm fortunate there. Yeah, because really the milkfish, you could do multiple, you could do three or four trips and never see them up. Or even have the shot, yeah. Exactly. But Oh, you were there for that, right? For the milkfish, yes. Yeah, with Rob. Yep. That was lucky because I was just in the back. Yeah. Yeah, and that 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 is such a cool... Um, that, well, I that, had one in, in Farqua that also ate, and it was the same. That angle shot is really good because you don't really always feel them take it. Yeah. But if your line's tight and they're swimming away from you, 
you get that like auto hook set. Yeah, which the other ones actually were caught in the back too. But I mean, and then someday you'll see it just really light up in calm conditions. Like we had it almost go off in Cosmolito, like on the inside of the atoll. And that's, oh, man. that's even rarer, but it was like, it was missing. I don't know. They explained it pretty well. Missing like some little more of the kind of plankton or scum that they need inside the atoll for them to start daisy chaining like tarpon. And then like, you'll just be inside it and it has to be calm and they'll, you'll just see kind of daisy chains all over. Um, that I've would seen be it. Wild. That's a very cool fish. It is a cool fish. It's, um, and I guess they, they just did that study and the lactic acid thing is real. It was, I heard it was false. It's, I think that there's, they don't, it's not that they don't have any, it's just the amount that they have. Oh, okay. You know, significantly less. And I could, I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure because I fished with, um, I fished with the guy who did the study and he was telling me about it. Did you catch one wade fishing? I have. Yeah. I mean, that to me would just be insanely wild. It is because it's hard to stop them. Uh, Yeah. I don't know what you do. Yeah. I mean, well, it's also harder for them to fight hard in deep water. I mean, sorry, in shallow Shallow water. Shallow water. Okay. See what I'm saying? They can't sound on you. Uh Uh-huh. So you've got a little more of a chance, but they, yeah, they could easily spool you and then just pop the tippet. But in... uh, That's a real accomplishment. It's a, it's just, it's a cool fish. Um, What, what are your, what are your thoughts on... Australia. I mean, have you been there before? I've never been to Australia. Really? Period. Never been really to that area of the world. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm really excited to fish in something I've never seen. There's just a, there's a lot of levels of excitement. Yeah. It's not like you're going back and you just want to catch one thing. It's it's a lot. Yeah, and there's a lot of other weird fish there. You know, I mean, there's there's tusk fish. There's the blue bastard. Oh yeah, I've there's read about this. Barramundi. And then queenfish. I mean, those are all those are all going to be new for you. But the other thing is they they have the Indo Pacific permit, but then they have the one called the Anik. So it's actually a completely different species. So we should hopefully knock on some wood that we could at least see both. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited for that because that was that was right right at the start of COVID when we got back and. I was like, man, I'm going to be going to Australia every single <laughs> a little bit later. Well, that's when you thought you had COVID, right? Um, like, didn't everyone get sick coming back? Two of us did that were on one side of the airplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty pretty sure. I mean, that's one that was pre-tests. Yeah. Yeah, they said, come to Laramie. And I was like, well, that's a little far to get a test. That's six, seven yeah, hours. That's, yeah. <laughs> Don't you love that when you get that in Wyoming sometimes? Yeah, just just pop on down here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the other thing that we haven't, I mean, probably don't need to talk about it a lot, but both the you know Phillies and the Birds went to the dance, both lost, but you know, just just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Flyers are in a rebuild, right? Yeah, that one's gonna be tough. Um, you had, I, I felt bad for you on the Super Bowl because that was a good, that was a great shot to get another title. 
Yeah, I feel like the Phillies was just a great run no matter what. That's right. And then that was kind of a bummer because, I mean, the birds just because, you know, take take out the... Take out the birds from the equation. No, no, no Super Bowl. No game that good. I don't care what sport should end in that fashion. Oh, it was awful. Um, I'm just. But that was a very good. They're a very good team. Um, that was just one of the better shots to win another title I've seen. Yeah, and it got away from in the second half, and it's it's sad. Yeah, and free agency's not off. I mean, it's off to a decent start, I guess. We've we've held on to some people, but. Um, the other thing, switching gears a little bit, I wanted to talk to you about was how how is how has business been for you? Because that's got to be it's got to be a little different environment. Oh, it's completely different. Yeah. So so let let's let's dive into that. So like how I mean, the last time we did this year and a half ago, probably. So yeah, twenty twenty one, end of twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. Peak froth. Peak froth. Okay. That was really peak froth. <laughs> um, but there was a, you know, the ecosystem was just humming. There was so much capital coming in, which was all, you could see the signs, right? It, this was, was not going to last. Like you could see it while it was happening. There's so much capital. And, you know, some of these funds are trying to force, you know, $100, $200 million checks into growth companies. And in order to make that palatable to the management team, they have to, pick such a sky high valuation so that 200 million is not overly dilutive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a founder's world. They would just name their price and people would hit the bid and give them 200 million. And it was spend, 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 grow, grow, grow. And you got rewarded for that growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the public markets were open. We had the best IPO environment we've seen in a long time, hmm. um, a really long time, which makes this like the acquisition side um, on the m side, the strategics had competition. And a signal for me, I don't know if this is universally true. I've never looked into it that much, but when companies IPO and then get acquired, that is a real bellwether signal that the tides are lining up right. And this is a really good market, not necessarily a healthy market, but that means you're, it's about as good as it gets. Would you say that means it's at the top? Yes. Okay. But that doesn't mean it's going to go away tomorrow, right? When... When the tide's right and the fish are on the flats, you got to go. Yeah. So it's just go, 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 go. Yeah. But but what? Why is that? Explain that deeper. Why is IPOing and then getting acquired? Um. I should really look this up because I don't. I don't think there's a paper on it. I don't think there's any science on it. Well, I got I got but a computer right here. You usually, usually there's two exit paths for a company, right? There's an acquisition and there's an IPO. Mm-hmm. And the stronger companies will IPO if the door is open and the markets will support it. Um, because you have a much higher upside potential mm-hmm. of like really creating a long-term, durable, sustaining entity that's profitable for decades. Um, an acquisition, especially from a founder, is kind of like selling out. But if you're an important strategic company to a large incumbent, they're going to want to own you. Right, and their their best shot at owning you is to overpay and cut off the IPO. Mm-hmm. But when you're able to IPO, and then they got to come in and pay a premium to like two or three years of a public company, it's like you're getting the double. Gotcha. You're getting the double windfall. Yeah. So a double valuation. A double valuation, right? It's just it's like P 
peak signal of froth because like you're IPOing, you're getting a windfall, then you operate for a little bit, and then the strategic is like, I just have to have you, and they come in and. <laughs> <laughs> and that's with the assumption, though, that the IPO goes well, right? I mean, that's right. Yeah, okay. And they don't always do. Yeah, but anyway, there was there was a period of time where, you know, it was probably four or five years where you could credibly the investment profile was great because you could, you know, these companies are priced high at maybe multi billion dollar valuations, but they've only raised like one hundred fifty million of capital. And the way these deals are structured is that one hundred fifty million of capital raised is the first money out, so. You might be paying a high price, but you have very little risk of losing capital in a downside scenario because these companies are generally mature enough, you know, 50, 60 million revenue to well clear that little $150 million stack that's the first one out. Mm -hmm. So you had this investment profile that was, you know, downside at return capital, upside is, you know, 10x plus. Mm -hmm. And like you, out, you just do that all day as a logical human being. Yeah. You can't lose money. You might make 10 times your money or more. <laughs> Um, those are gone. Yeah. That is gone. <laughs> that is totally completely gone. Anyone tells you different is lying. I mean, that is gone. Yeah. But that's that's how our business works. It's a um one of my partners said that like one of his professors was told him venture is a duration game. Mm -hmm. You gotta stay in business, you gotta have your line in the water, and that cycle might be 10 years, but it's gonna come. Yeah. And you gotta be good enough to stay in business. You got to gotta navigate both. So, yeah. And that's really good advice because that's that's the business we're in. Yeah. And then obviously now, right, from the froth, you come to where we are now and you've got inflation, interest rates. They all have to play a factor as someone who knows nothing about this stuff. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, the, the, the pace of the Fed's interest rate hikes is really, I don't think anyone anticipated this aggressive of hikes, mm -hmm. um, especially the pace. And, you know, a lot of our companies are valued on their future potential earnings, which are worth less in present value with higher interest rate environment. So, yeah, um, there's been a pullback and, you know, some of the spend in our space with companies, people were just gaming the system. Mm -hmm. You know, I can raise enough capital to buy revenue um, and just play that revenue expansion. Right. And mm -hmm. that you can spot those, but you can't deny it worked also. Yeah, that's not something we, as a firm, would pursue because we get the gamesmanship of it. We want something that's fundamentally strong, um, regardless. Yeah, but there's a lot of people doing that. But how do you buy the revenue? You just spend on customer acquisition. Gotcha. So you might be, and you might be losing cash on every one. You might hmm. be spending, you know, fifty dollars to acquire a customer that's going to give you ten dollars of lifetime value. But if you have enough capital, if you can raise money fast enough, mm -hmm. who cares? You're going to grow your revenue. And like you put a 10x multiple on that, you grow revenue 100x, like you've done pretty well. In but you've got to get out before the house of cards yeah. comes down. <laughs> in, in your space though, I mean, is the revenue multiple mostly what happens? Yes. Yeah. The, most companies are valued on a revenue multiple. Okay. Because there's no earnings. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no EBITDA to be valued or profit. Gotcha. Um, it's that, all that makes sense. what it could be. And yeah. imaginations are high. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a hard world because some of that's really inspiring. Some of that is really pushing the edge of like, you know, you're basically almost running a fraud and you got to be careful of what's what. 
Yeah, and that story you told me, like, I mean, you were fresh back from that conference. And if you don't want to talk about this, we. we oh, can... the SVB? Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah, when I was going to Salt Lake, um, anxious about, you know, the electric vehicle making it, it was an SVB hosted event, um, or they were one of the sponsors. Silicon but... Valley Bank. That's right. Yeah. And this was Wednesday night. Uh, I got there, and I think Wednesday night they announced that they needed to raise some capital to shore up their balance sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much you know, like what went down, but well, I think it would be helpful to to explain it because that's that's one of my um, questions that I did have was like, you know, h- how would you explain something like you know what's going on or what start there where you were there? I was there. I was kind of in the lines then. Um, yeah, it, it, it's hard because I, I have a lot of friends there, like so, and they've been great partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've served our ecosystem for years in the in a way that's no different than um, you know you live in town. It's probably probably better odds of getting a mortgage at Bank of Jackson Hole than Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. They can just they understand the local economy and they can do things, provide financial products for consumers that need them that might not fit the traditional fold. Mm-hmm. And they were very much that bank for the venture capital ecosystem. They got a lot of money in that IPO and then acquisition environment I just talked about. Okay. Because most of their customers are VCs or VC-backed portfolio companies. Mm-hmm. And there was froth everywhere. So people have a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. They put it with Silicon Valley Bank. They have to do something with that cash. So they bought 10-year U.S. Treasuries, which is not the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah, it doesn't sound um, that It's probably risky. the safest thing you can do, but their problem was they didn't hedge it and interest rates were at an all-time low when they bought that paper, right? I mean, yeah. Talking like 1%. Then the Fed starts raising rates. So those assets that they've purchased with customer deposits are worth less every rate bump the Fed does. Gotcha. Because why would you pay $100, right, for a 10-year treasury at 1% when you could pay $100 for 5%? Yep. Just so as people started pulling money out recently, um, they needed to sell some of those for liquidity. And if they do that, they're going to have to mark those to market. So they're going to have to take the loss in their balance sheet, kind of recognizing that all this money we put in there is worth 60% of what it should be. Hold on. Hold on a second. So because of the interest rate hike? Because the interest rates went up yep. and they're on 10-year treasuries at really low interest rates, yep. the value of their 10-year treasuries is dropping. Gotcha. Because you're not going to buy those at 1% if you can buy a brand new one for 5%. Okay. Does I'm that make you. sense? I'm with you, yeah. So um, if they hold them to maturity though, there's no loss. But if you need cash, you need cash. If you need cash and you got to sell those, you're going to have to sell them at a loss. Gotcha. And- the mistake, they made two mistakes. One is they should have hedged it. Well, three. They made, I can probably keep going too. <laughs> they bought a really long duration, which was dumb. They should have bought like two-year treasuries. Not 10-year. Not 10-year. Yeah. I mean, they're really going for it. But the 10-year was paying a little bit better. So, you know, they want more risk and more profit. So they and, went that way. Yeah, things were frothy. They didn't hedge it at all. And then before taking care of the capital needs on their balance sheet, they announced to the market that they needed to raise capital. Which spooked people? It really started it. And gotcha. a couple of VCs said, this is scary. I'm advising all my companies to pull their money out. And yep. it just, within 24 hours, the bank was gone. 
And you were with some of those with stuff. them, yeah. and they're they're friends, and they're you know twenty year career guys whose equity is just zeroed. Wow! And they were you know like shaking hands by the end of the night, like just they wow. couldn't even. It's sad. Yeah, it is sad. It's sad. And the bank probably would have been solvent. Um, it was the pace of the withdrawals that brought them down. It was a bank run. Yeah, and you can't you can't stop that. And now, you know, FRB's in the spotlight. That's our fund bank. Mm-hmm. And that is the real front line because the the government is doing everything they can to keep that thing afloat. Yeah, they've extended liquidity to it. They've gotten the biggest banks in the country to bolster it. Yeah, that's actually like a kind of a positive note, right? Like that the rest of the banking community, some of the bigger banks, it is, in. but they're they're you know, it's in everyone's interest to mm-hmm. stop this bank run. Yeah, um, and I don't think people realize how big of a threat this is. I don't. This is a major threat, um, not just for our industry, but everybody. Like Cause, normal, cause think about, normal investment scenarios. Yeah, and all these regional banks, credit unions, and regional banks. So they provide the lubrication products for a huge, huge part of the economy. I think seventy percent of commercial real estate is regional bank loans. <laughs> regional banks are only FDIC insured. FDIC for two fifty yeah. exactly. Two hundred fifty thousand. Um, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So there's a huge imbalance there, and if these regional banks fail, it's almost like the oversight has been so focused on the too big to fail, they've forgotten about the little guys. Mm-hmm. But the little guys, back to the Bank of Jackson Hole mortgage example, provide products that are unique and everybody needs and uses, mm-hmm. and it's a massive part of the economy. Hmm. And if that's gone. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Think about contractors here in town. Um, You know, mortgages. Yeah. It's a lot. Home equity lines. Home equity lines, everything. Yeah. And if those are gone, it's just. How much. Well, I'm I'm presuming in the past, way back, right? I I don't even know the history of bank runs. I don't know if you do either, but do you feel like this might've been prevented or slowed or halved whatever you want without the pace of social media. Well, it definitely exacerbates it. And we've never seen, I mean, the last time we had something like this was 2008 and it, it wasn't the same social media scene. Right. Yeah. And bank connectivity. I mean, people have plaid now there's so many different like FinTech layers on top of that, that make withdrawals very fast and easy. Um, information spreads a lot faster. So I don't, that's something that we're gonna have to think about in the coming months of like how, how we should respond to things like that. Yeah. I heard an interesting, and I'm probably going to botch this, so don't quote me on it, but I, I did try and educate myself a little bit on what was happening because it still feels like it's happening. And there was an interesting, um, I think it was on CNN, but anyhow, she was saying that because of social media, there needs to be a stop hold on these the spikes of the mention level. So mm-hmm. they can monitor, right? Like what she said was SVB on average on Twitter per se was, you know, mentioned 12% daily. Yep. And then that 12% on Twitter went up to 85. That's like the average daily mention volume. Yeah. And if you, you know, get within like, 
Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Yeah, and and I thought that was very. And she was saying, you know, yeah, this could have happened, but it it definitely wouldn't have happened like like it happened and so fast, so fast. And we're at a real we're at a real crossroads now because this is First Republic Bank, and I don't, I don't want to. Part of me doesn't want to talk about this because I don't want to like. I like how people aren't paying attention to this because I don't. I'm so scared of it. Yeah, and what it could be that I don't want people. I don't want to spread contagion and fear. Yeah. Um, and that that's a hard role to play. But this this First Republic is you have the federal government guaranteeing all depositors, saying no matter what. Yeah. You have the country's largest banks extending liquidity. I think they got thirty billion. You know, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, if that is not enough, gotcha. right? And people withdraw their money. Where's the end? Yeah. There, there's that's why this is so important that this and this bank is the front line it is and it's a binary event and what's the timeline on that we don't know i mean every today their stock was down 80 percent. the stock's not everything but it shows you some indication of sentiment mm-hmm. um and they're doing everything they can to keep this thing afloat and their actual balance sheet is fine it's way better than svb they don't have near the exposure so it could but, happen without it being based on the facts. Oh, it will happen. If it happens, it's not based on the bank isn't solvent. It's pure human psychology, fear, panic. And that's what is very dangerous. Very dangerous. And that's what the yeah. government and these banks are trying to stop because who knows where it ends. And they've they've made a point to dig in on this specific bank. Huh. And that's where they're building their front line. And if it doesn't matter, then like, what is going to stop it? Who who's making that decision to to dig in on? I think the government and the major banks. Gotcha. Because they they recognize the threat. Gotcha. So they're saying all the right things. Depositors are 100 percent insured. We'll mm-hmm. take care of a you know getting liquidity from Jamie Diamond at J P Morgan. Mm-hmm. And so if that's not enough to, yeah, then what is massage people's feels like or fears and yeah, it could be really bad. So it seems like it's more, I mean, social media is, I think, just listening to you, placing a, a bigger factor than just maybe the pace. Yeah. That's, uh, well, it's the first big hit for, I mean. It's fascinating to watch. And then you have the Fed, I'm not going to nerd out too much on this, but you have the Fed meeting tomorrow. Right? Yeah. And, and if they pull to, any levers too they're hard. They're trying to control inflation. Yeah. So. The latest data says it's running a little hot. You expect maybe a higher rate raise than they were going to do. Yeah. Now they have banks failing because they've been kind of slaughtered by the pace of the rate increase. It's like who knows? I would hate yeah. to be in their shoes. Yeah, I mean, is there? Do they do what they were going to do, or or do they have to? I think it's right? almost a heads you win, you know. Yeah. Tails What's I the lose. best move? Do do nothing? No, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting as someone that literally, right? Well, I mean, it's a unique moment in time and one that will be remembered for a while. And intellectually, it's fascinating to watch. Yeah. Um, but there's real repercussions. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. But anyway. Yeah, well, that's a good, um, that's helpful. <laughs> it is. I mean, in terms of just trying to understand what's going on. Yeah. And I think money will be managed differently. I mean, we're, you know, I was a little late getting over here because I had to drop an envelope in FedEx because I'm opening new bank accounts. But I think treasury management going forward will be different. 
in people, what, what people will spread their money around and have multiple accounts at different institutions with different pipes and rails at all times. And you're going to see a lot of software and startups in the next six months that are built to manage that. That makes sense. How much of a surprise was this, you know, in, for those that are in your right line of work, I mean, uh, was it a it's, shocker? It surprised me. Yeah. yeah. It surprised me. Gotcha. It definitely surprised me. I mean, SVB was, you know, and they didn't have a balance sheet problem. Uh, they just mismanaged it a little bit. Yeah. Um, which is their fault. And they didn't even have a chief risk manager at that point. Um, kind of looking at their exposure, but they miscommunicated. They mishandled it. Yeah. Um, but the speed, right? You went from like, oh yeah, they got to raise some money. You know, it might take a while, but they're going to be fine. It's SVB. And then within, it just, it's a bullet to the head. It was just so fast. Well, the thing that, that could be, or would be a bummer, right? Is that if the, you know, the, the contagion and the speed of the information due to how fast we're moving these days hurts those that do have it managed correctly. It doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter at all. That's a, it's no different than like, you know, some horror movie pandemic that just takes every human being down. It doesn't matter how strong your balance sheet is. Um, A bank run is a bank run and nothing can stop it. If depositors withdraw their money, that bank's gone. I don't, was there, I mean, there was a, obviously some kind of bank run in 08, right? Yeah. And, and then, then I don't, I mean, has there, is it been pretty consistent throughout time? Do you know? Um, I think it's been a while from 08. I think the one before that was quite some time. Gotcha. Like back when people are lining up outside banks physically. Yeah. Um, but the 08 one was different because they're, you know, equity and bondholders in the bank, investors in the bank got bailed out too. What the Fed is doing now is just guaranteeing depositors or saying they will, but mm-hmm. the equity and bondholders are wiped out. So no one's getting saved, so to speak, except yeah. customers like you and I that have kept their money to bank and yeah, you go into thought more. we'd have it. Yeah. Huh. And if you listen to what they're saying, they're saying everything they can to try and stem the panic. And it's really coming down to FRB. It's like the key battle. Hmm. Um, but I, th- I feel like if it would have happened, it might have already happened. Yep. But they're still having to say more, give it more liquidity. So like, it's not enough. Their stocks, te- it's a real time battle. Their stock was down 80% today. Wow. Or not maybe 50, but it's, it's not good. It seems like the swings have been massive. Massive. Yeah. Massive. Like any little piece of moves could move the needle. Oh yeah. If I were a trader, I mean, traders are going to make, some are going to make a lot of money, some are going to lose a lot of money. <laughs> It's full on right now for them. <laughs> yeah. They got to be paying attention. Um, what about, um, you know, switching gears? That is that is very, it's wildly interesting and very helpful for someone like me who doesn't really understand it too much. But um, any uh, any good shows recently? I don't think you and I, I mean, you're, you're always someone that I do this with and I haven't, oh, yeah. I haven't asked you in a, in a while. Um, I feel like I've been watching movies instead of shows or movies. Yeah. But I've been going back to, you know, this is going to sound, it's almost embarrassing, but last two things I watched were wedding crashers and anchorman. (laughs) 
those are because I just why, why is that embarrassing? I just those it just like, makes you feel good and like there's enough going on in the world in the day. It's like just give me a classic that's like you know got a little bit of plot. It's funny, yeah, and it's been feeling really good. It's almost therapeutic. It is. I mean, those those are uh, as good as it gets. My book. What have you been doing? Um, well, I had the same. You know, I probably have. There's probably four people that I do this with, and that's usually enough. Um, and I usually don't um, like second guess it. And I was talking to someone the other day, and that this this came up, and it was like, well, what episode are you on on Your Honor? And I'm like, never heard of it. And it was just a pause, like, all right, yeah, like you're just a different human being. Go, <laughs> go now and. I haven't been watching a lot of anything, to be honest. Um, and I just absolutely crushed it. That's and, on Showtime or something? Yeah. yeah it's been it, recommended to me. It is. Cranston's a genius. Like, I, I, I don't know how you went through Breaking Bad, but I've had this conversation with a bunch of people. And Breaking Bad, like, I don't know. It took me, it took me several times to get it going, like several different breaks from it. Because I was like, this is kind of depressing. Like the, It did get heavy. Like the desert and the meth and the... Yep. Just, I don't know. I didn't relate to it. And then obviously once you get into it, it's it's damn good. But this is like... I've explained it to people. This is like Breaking Bad, but it's cool. It's like in New Orleans. It's gang. It's, you know, corrupt judges with an incredible plot. Like twist. Um, and it's one of those ones where you're like, you know, it makes you feel like you're kind of on edge a little bit because of how good it is. No, you want to watch it. Yeah. It means you're engaged and you're, is it two seasons? Two seasons, 10 episodes each. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you won't be able to stop it. All right. I'm now I'm worried, but yeah, I'll do it. Or you could save that one for, uh, I read your books. I watch your shows. (laughs) Yeah. Every time. You could save that for... Um, the trip over? Yeah, to Australia. Nice. Good call. Yeah. Have you, do you ever watch that the new one from The Dark Guys? Remember that show, Dark? Dark. Yeah. No, I haven't seen the... It's called like 1839 or 1899. It's pretty good. Did you watch it? I watched it. One season? Yeah, only one season. But if you liked like Dark, it's, Did- it's challenging like mentally to f- figure out what's going on. Yeah, they, they do a good job. Dark was not the easiest thing to follow at times. No, and eventually it got too, too beyond me. But like it, season one and two, I loved. No one had done a show like that. Yeah, I agree. And this is like that. That might be exactly all at sea on too. ships. Really? Yeah, you, you'd like it. Oh wow! So I'll throw that one out there. Maybe have some. Did you see um, everything all whatever everything all oh, at once? No. Every, yeah. I mean, it's on our list. I was gonna watch that with Anna. Because I tried. And no bueno? No, I think I just, I think I just got lost. I think, I don't know. I think I was too tired. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was on a plane, but someone recommended that. And I could, I could see it being, having massive potential, but I was also surprised that it won um, basically everything, right? I don't know. And the Oscars are cleaned up a bunch of stuff. Yeah, that was last weekend. Like the big joke in my world was that that was when, you know, SVP was taken over by the FDIC on Friday. 
that movie wins Sunday night, like Monday. What's it called again? Everything? Everything, everywhere, all, all at, once. at once. Okay. And I was talking to friends, calling banks, and they're like, this is everything, everywhere, everywhere all at once. <laughs> what? Bank- um, bankers are so funny. <laughs> <laughs> what about books? Books. I just read um, Empire of Pain. Empire of Pain. Yep. Never heard of it. It is about um, Purdue Pharma and like the history of that with Oxy. Oh, wow. It's, it is real. It's a long one. It's like 500 pages or something. And the last 200 are real slog because the majority of it is over. Like the story part is over. Yeah. Like they've already had the trials and then it's just like rehashing. So that, that part was a slog, but the first 250 pages are fascinating. And does it talk about how ridiculously managed it all was? Oh my gosh, to yeah. the T. Okay. And the, the founder of that company, like the real guy, I think his name was Arthur Sackler. Um, I can't remember who the initial patriarch was, but he was the first person to actually market pharmaceuticals in a consumer fashion. Like you see every day now, you see the TV ads, you see it in magazines, you mm-hmm. have a happy couple that had never been done before. Like pharma was largely just a third party, you know, chemical company, if you will, selling compounds and people would brand it and try and sell it. Mm-hmm. It had never been like marketed to the masses. Yeah. So he was very astute on controlling messages hmm. and they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. A hundred percent. But it's a good story. Yeah. Sad, sad story, but interesting to see how, how it went down. Did you ever read, um, the new Poland book. Oh, your mind on plants. Yeah. This I haven't is, read it. Someone gave it to me for my birthday though. That, um, he, it's interesting. Cause when he's talking about poppies, you know, cause he, he picks a plant for three different segments of that book. And when they're talking about the poppies, he starts from like, you know, how it was traditionally done in the middle East. Right. I mean, that's, that forever at funerals, they drink poppy tea. Like that was their version of a painkiller, right? And that was when they did it, was at funerals. Um, I'm mm. sure they don't call it funerals, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And, then, and then, so he was comparing that to what we've done commercially. And he's like, you pick. Is me is me growing some poppies in the back my backyard and yep. having like a tea as a... But yeah, you'll you'll enjoy that one. Versus like an opiate bomb <laughs> insurance pays for and is free because you go to a pain clinic. I mean, it's just crazy. It is crazy. They work. I mean, there's little doubt about that. No, I was that. telling um I think it was Johnson, Brian Johnson. Mm-hmm. We were skiing Saturday. Still need to get him on here. Yeah, you do. Yeah. We, we both kind of agreed that like in our nineties or something, when the end is not that far away. Yeah. We probably need to try it. <laughs> and he was like, I totally agree. Try. Just try heroin. Yeah. Just to see. Just to see. Um, yeah. But I think it's so dangerous. I don't want to touch this stuff now or have anyone I know touch it. But no. no. I've, had a, I've had a lot of doctors tell me that. They're like, really? oh, yeah, like before I die, I'm going to try it once. But like, I'm like, huh. I think I would go with like camel on filters. 
you know. What about both? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Any other books? Um, I'm reading, do you know who uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez is? 100, 100 Years of Solitude. No. Wide Sargasso. He's a fiction writer, Colombian. Mm-hmm. Very good. I loved all his books. Um, he's won a lot of awards for him. But he wrote one fiction book. I'm reading that now. And it's on kidnappings of like news crews in Colombia from the cartels. Huh. And I remember like Stephen King has one fiction book too called Innocent Man. If you've never read, it's amazing. Hmm. It's an incredible book, but true story. And so this is kind of the same thing, like another really well-known author who's done one nonfiction. Uh, It came recommended to me and just put it on. One nonfiction or one? One nonfiction. One nonfiction. One nonfiction. I think gotcha. Stephen King only has one nonfiction. Huh. Um, so that got me curious enough. It's pretty good. It's exactly what you'd expect. Yeah, I haven't... Uh, I just dove into fiction for the first time in a long time. It's good for was, you. Oh, God. It's really good for you. It was really good, but it was also mildly freaky because I could also see it coming to life. Um, that's one to put on your list. Uh, my cousin recommended it. The Water Knife. Have you read that? No. Never even heard of it. Yeah. It's kind of wild. It's futuristic. Fiction? Um, futuristic fiction. Pablo Bassia Gloopy or whatever. And it it's a little bit too close to home, right? Like it's about what <laughs> happens when water becomes the biggest commodity which we can all see that happening, right? And then water rights of states kind of become law. And therefore, the United States splits up. Well, that's kind of happening. <laughs> exactly. Right? Like the upper Snake River Basin, the lower? Yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, literally, but you can start to see a framework where this could be, you know. Yeah, and this is, and it goes to the point of like people having to, you know, you got to show... You got to smuggle yourself into other states. It's, hmm. it's, uh, but it was cool because you could actually kind of relate to some of it, but it also the story, you know, fictional part of it's pretty damn good. Fiction is great. I, I used to always, I loved it when I was in college, you know, as a like creative writing guy. Yeah. And then I just got in the zone of like, why would I read something that's not like informative and factual and like, and it make me smarter. And then, you just I get locked up. You can't read too much of that. Like you need that creative because sometimes it's more informing than the factual. If I was, yeah, I totally agree with you because I, I was I was on a run of yeah nonfiction like straight because I was waiting for Hyacinth to write some other just absurdly um, you know fictional book about Florida again. But uh, what would be what would be a top fictional book? Because I'm I'm in the market. Hmm. There's, well, there's another book that just, you were talking about it, um, like future and how things we could see today could get away from us. Yeah. I can't remember the name. It's like A10. I'll, I'll give it to you. It's a Chinese author. Um, really, really good story and informative. Huh. Cool. Check it out. I won't give it away what it's about, but you'll dig it. You'll read the cover and be like, oh, I see where this is going. Cool. Well, it's interesting. I've been asking everyone this question. Gave you a heads up, which you didn't get. It's, or maybe you did, actually. No. Um, 
Next question. <laughs> but I didn't ask you in the first episode, so I'm, I'm kind of pumped. So oh who who is one of the most interesting people you've ever met and why? <sighs> and usually if you get the heads up that I sent you, what it comes down to is it doesn't have to be one person. It could be a couple people. Could be a couple of people. Some people have thrown out like three or four. Um, That's a good route. And it also could just be one and who knows. And the, the next time you can do another. But I'm not saying like I've, I've changed it from the most interesting to one of. One of. One of. I mean, my gut, this is probably so cheesy and cliche, but my gut for the most would be the woman I married. Wow. Um, that's awesome. I'm sure that's been said before, Mm-mm. but she it hasn't. She's she's pretty impressive, and just the way my head's wired, and then her head's wired, it's fascinating and very inspiring. Um, she, you know, she walks into a room and wants everyone to feel really good in that room. That's yeah. kind of like just the way she operates. Like, what can I do to make the person standing across me feel really good, and like everyone around that person? Yeah, and it works. Um, yeah, that's, that's a really amazing quality. It's a very positive thing. And I find it fascinating and inspiring. And, you know, she went through her, I think we talked about the first episode, but she went through her, her little health scare with the tumor. Yeah. We didn't actually touch on it cause I think it was pretty fresh. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything's good with her, but she spent, you know, eight months, like really getting ready for that. And that was interesting and inspiring. Um, yeah, both mentally, physically, you know, and I was terrified. I don't think she understood how terrified I was and she was way stronger than I was going into it. Uh, but she did the right things and she's very practical like that. She's, she's good, That's... but interesting can be a, you know, people could be like influential, like, uh, people you talk to that are just flat out interesting. Yeah. You know, one of our founders of a company, uh, I've known him for like eight or nine years. He's German and just extremely smart. Um, I remember talking to him in like 2000, whenever that eclipse was. Remember the solar eclipse? Oh, yeah. How could I forget it? He Totality. Was, he was like, oh, I'm not, he lives in San Francisco. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm north of the city. You know, I'm getting this like, they're doing like a naked drum line, like through the hills in like Mendocino or something like that. <laughs> And this guy's like running a very successful business. And like, yeah. he's telling me about their plans. So I'm just fascinated about like the different percussion instruments and why they have them and what the order is in this line. It's got all this like spiritual yeah. meaning to him in the same sentence. He's talking about how you could short the South African Rand, you know, and, <laughs> and it's all connected to him and the way he talks, he always talks in very vivid imagery hmm. and you kind of like, you just follow his yeah, you know, little footstones, and he's dancing around. It's it's just fascinating. That is uh, Bertram Meyer. Huh. That's so cool. He's just generally interesting. Yeah, learned to kite surf and speak Spanish at the same time because he wanted. He's fluent in like eight languages. Ironically, Spanish wasn't one of them. Wow. He wanted so. to learn to kite surf, so he's like, "I'm going to go to Spain." I'm like, "I'm not going to know what they're saying." But when you're that desperate for any edge of information on like how to do or talk or yeah. You and when you're faster. developed and you're no longer like sponging it up. So you got to make yourself vulnerable and you'll get it faster. That's awesome. So he's pretty interesting. There's yeah. like influential people, you know, 
Did you did you listen to the last episode? Yours? Yeah. No. You you got to listen to that one because the the I actually meant to talk to Anna about it because um, his brain surgery we got into it and there's a part of it where well the 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 beginning most of the talk of it was in the beginning because I had never asked him about it because I was intimidated you know it's always hard to ask people about health stuff um, but I asked him if he wouldn't mind talking about it and anyway it was here. Um, he was here, his neighbor had kept complaining about headaches, went in for a brain, brain surgery. He went down to work in the Florida Keys guiding a week later, ends up in the hospital. Same exact thing. Hmm. And so we were speculating as to, I mean, it makes you think, right? The first thing you think is like, he said it, he was like, am I? Or the wires or like you know, a, some power station or something. Well, I do think I and like there's not enough data on this, but so many people have these benign tumors in the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the frequency is a lot higher than it ever was. And I'm pretty convinced cell phones have something to do with it. And these they're benign tumors, right? But they're masses and it's in a pretty critical spot of your function. Yeah. So if it grows, even if it's benign, like it's going to impact. It's going to hit something. It's going to hit a lot of stuff. Yeah, and I wonder if that's that's why I use that like instead of using the pods, like I need to get one for the office now. We haven't even touched on that. But what that, you talking about? That thing. Oh, so wow. you so you just pu- pull it up and then hit it on speaker and keep it Away. at a distance. Yeah, I mean, well, Anna does, like, Anna's phone is like out of the room in the closet. She never uses Bluetooth headphones because she kind of believes in that. Yeah, and we used to talk like those Gen One cell phones. We would spend hours on the phone with each other. I feel. Yeah, well, because the frequency is higher. Or? Yeah, the amount of radiation is really significantly higher than what it is now. Wow, that's wild. Like those old flip phones, you know. Yeah, although they get the best service. Yeah, because but- <laughs> <laughs> it's crystal clear. <laughs> it's amazing how, like, when you travel, though, how many people have them oh yeah that are realistic not trying to like show off what they have right like no this works yep i mean where like pull up your iphone see if that works pal Mm -hmm. and then they pull out the old motorola and they do work yeah and there's something but the simplicity of them that i love too yeah i bet you they make a comeback there was this thing called the light phone i used to be obsessed with which was like it had an e-ink screen like a kindle Mm-hmm. And it was just made to not stare at, you know, but if, if you did look at it, it's not burning your eyes. Was it a flip phone? No, it was just a really thin, it was almost looked like a little mini Kindle phone. Huh. And but, you could, you could make a call. Large. Uh, the size of an iPhone. Oh, same size. Yeah. Yeah. You still work in the mini? Still work in the mini and they don't make it anymore. And I'm like, I'm very upset. Cook got the mini. He did? Yeah. Smart kid. <laughs> exactly. I love that thing. Um, I don't want to look at my phone a lot, and it helps. Yeah, the yeah. I feel like a lot of this stuff is going to be cyclical, but we'll see. But uh, I really appreciate your time, man. It's yeah, actually man. been it's been great. I uh, it's good to hang out. Yeah, it's nice to. Uh, it's cool, right? Gotten far enough to do a 
to do a uh, second time with someone, which is awesome. Yeah. So and you're doing a great job. Thanks, man. I, I really do think it like enriches people. Like I was, I was driving to Salt Lake and needed content. Obviously, went to permit to thank, and I know Hempkins, but I didn't know him that well. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was awesome. Now I feel like I know him a little bit. Cool. Well, I appreciate Always it. Always positive. I uh, I look for the possibility of the three peat. Yeah. You know. I'll be more prepared next time. Yeah, you know, you're plenty prepared, man. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me back. Of course. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Permit to Think. My hope is this podcast offers meaningful conversations and stories from the fringe of societal norms. Be sure to subscribe and support the podcast and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever you are using. Also, forward the show on to anyone you think that might dig it. I am out.